Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. What is up, YouTube? What is up, listeners? Welcome in to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. We are back. It is now uh, officially May. Last time we recorded, it was April. We are officially in what feels like, at this point, guys, like we're going towards the season and we're going strong. God willing, there is a season. We're after the NFL draft. It's time to talk about the upcoming season. It's time to get those dynasty rosters in check. We have an awesome show for you tonight to do that. And I'm joined by the usual co-hosts, Bukata and John. Fellas, how's it going today? Uh, I was made aware that uh, today, actually, for the first time, that today is Revenge of the Fifth. Have you guys mm. ever heard that before? I have, because yesterday was May the 4th. May the 4th. So now uh-huh, today is uh-huh. Revenge of the 5th. Mm. Star Wars. So uh, that that information made my day better, uh, because I'd never heard that before. Also, shame on you, Bets, for talking down to Star Wars nerds. Uh, you know how many of our listeners are probably Star Wars nerds? <laughs> hey, and that's fine. You I are alienating not- our fan base. <laughs> I, if you listen to Star Wars, turn off this podcast. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. I have listened, or listened, I've seen two of them. Oh, I my God. I barely paid attention the entire time. I am not a fan. Not for you me. You are not an Hard American no. is what you are not, sir. Actually, Hard you're not even no. for this world because everybody on the planet watches Star Wars. No, if listeners, if you do not listen to Star Wars, hit wait, me wait, up wait, 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 wait. talk about it. Which two did you watch? The first two, the in chronological order of when they came out or when they were released. Okay, the original two. Yes. Wow, you disgust me, sir. It was my day is now ruined. Are you a Are you a Star Wars fan? Of course, I'm a Star Wars fan because I'm not an idiot. Not you. I said John. Oh, Oh, I'm I'm like right (laughs) in the middle. Like I've I've seen them. I enjoy them. I think they're good. I'm not like all in psycho and in love with Star Wars. Like Okada is very passionate about this subject. Betts is very on the opposite end of the spectrum. And I find myself in the rare position in this group of people where I'm in the middle because normally I'm one of the other outskirts, but I'm, I'm right in the middle of the spectrum on this one. I enjoy them. I'll watch them if they're on. Occasionally I get the desire to watch one and that's about it. But yeah, I think the original trilogy is um, better actually than the, the newer ones, so I, I don't know what Betts is talking about, but I, I love the original trilogy. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Never maybe not in. Maybe Betts should try watching the new ones because maybe he's one of the, like those little kids who needs the action and the explosions. You <laughs> know, so he might the like old the ones, new ones didn't do it for yeah. him, but that would probably actually help. Not Are you a big lot. Michael Bay fan, Betts? Yeah, he's good. Oh, right, there oh you go. Gosh. Yep. Yeah. Okay, I, I right. would do that. Watch the terrible new episodes. <laughs> Go watch Solo. Uh, that's that's your homework assignment for the week. Listeners, report. I'll report back in about a year from now. So <laughs> give me some time. I'll watch all these. Uh, we have time now in quarantine, so maybe it'll be yeah, sooner later. Do. But uh, fortunately, this is not a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> Although we it probably is. could start one. We yeah, could. Probably maybe. could. Do you guys want to start a second podcast? Should we do sure, it? Sure, I got yeah. nothing but time. Yeah. Well, you're not invited if it's a Star Wars podcast. But True. I don't want to be and I will. a Star Wars podcast. Yeah. We'll figure out what the next topic is for our, our second right. podcast. But for tonight, it is football. It is fantasy football. It is dynasty football. We are talking dynasty by lows. And shout out to the Instagram uh, followers. If you're not on Instagram, follow us there. You got to get over to the IG 
the handle is redshirtsffpod, just as it is everywhere else on Twitter and Facebook. They had a request. They had a comment on one of our posts that said, hey, are you guys doing a Dynasty buy low anytime soon? That would be awesome. Well, here we are. Dynasty buy lows is the topic for tonight's show. Before we get into that, we have some news. And also a reminder, check out the articles on the website. Fellas, have you seen the website in the past few days? It has been awesome. So much content going up there. Okada wrote an article uh, recapping our top six rookie wide receivers, which the Raiders fans <laughs> did not appreciate. Silly um, Raiders. Listeners, so go check out the rookie rankings. Check out Okada's article on the site. Um, Henry Ruggs is not in our top six rookie wide receivers, and Raiders fans were not happy. It was actually kind of comical, the comments on Twitter and, and the backlash. Uh, however, go check it out for yourself. All right, boys, let's get into the news. There's a little bit to talk about here, and then we'll get into our Dynasty bylaws. I got great news, guys. Oh, All right, fellas, this is mostly uninspiring. At least the first couple of things are. And then we'll kind of talk about um, some other players, mostly talking about kind of fifth-year options. There was a deadline recently for, for teams to either um, – sign players to their fifth-year option or decline it, so to speak. So we have a, a bit of news in regards to that. But first, Andy Dalton, released from the Bengals, signs a one-year deal with the Cowboys to go back up Dak Prescott. And then the second piece of news, Frank Gore, remarkably, signs mm. a one-year deal with the Jets. The dude is unstoppable, future Hall of Famer, Iron Man, Frank Gore. Uh, you guys want to talk about anything specific with these two signings, or you want, you want to move on? I would like to make a, a quick point that Andy Dalton got one year for seven and Jameis Winston got 1.1 or 1.2. Wow, true. So let's just talk about that. Uh, Jameis, you need to fire your agents like right now. <laughs> Seriously. That is atrocious that Andy Dalton got like six times more than Jameis Winston did, who throws a lot of picks, but he also, also threw for 5,000 yards and 33 touchdowns. Um, I feel terrible for Jameis. Hopefully, maybe he gets to sit behind Drew Brees and learn something about good decision-making and then get a second shot next year in either New Orleans or somewhere else. That's best-case scenario. But, um, yeah, Dalton getting more money than Jameis kind of made me scratch my head. I mean, the one thing you do have to consider is that Jameis is the third quarterback on the depth chart, whereas Dalton is number two. <laughs> So it's true. There is that. Uh, and the next Taysom Steve Young. Yeah, the next Steve Young is sitting behind Drew yes. Brees and Taysom Hill. Uh, but Jameis is third on the bench. I don't have much to say about Andy. I will say on Frank. First of all, can we just? I, I mean, I, yes, yes. Unreal. I, love unreal. Unreal. I, on, I, I, this is finally the year. I was waiting for it to happen. If it would ever happen, this is finally the year that I am no longer surprised. Yep. Yeah. I am just <laughs> yeah. like. Uh, yes, of course this happened, and it's going to happen not? next year and probably the next five years until I'm probably going to stop playing football on the street before Frank Gore stops playing football <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, so it just feels like, uh, you know, this is a everyday free agency move. Of course this is happening. And, <laughs> and uh, it's bad for everybody, to be yeah. honest, except for Frank Gore, of course. It's good for him. He gets his money. But it's not good for fantasy. I, I see no benefits for this for anybody, um, which is basically what he always does when he goes to a new team these days. So Frank Gore, forever playing football and sucking away RB1 values. Not that <laughs> Le'Veon Bell's an RB1 anyways, he's doo-doo. But. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's just let's just talk about the fact that um, his his son is starting at running back this year for Southern Miss University. Nice. Uh, oh, and he's is still that real? playing in the NFL. Yeah, that's true. I think Frank oh could God. make it until his son that's is true. drafted. I think that Frank is just saying, you know what? I'm going to be 40 years old. I'm going to be old man running back in the NFL. And I'm going to get six to eight carries a game. Two of them are going to be touchdowns. And the <laughs> other four are going to punch you in the face. And he's just going to keep climbing up those record boards because of pure longevity, which honestly at the running back position is so unfathomable. The longevity that he's shown, like, listen, Frank Gore is a hall of famer. I'm not going to like start a huge whole debate on it. Some people think he's not. Some people think he is. I think he is. Um, Because I think there is something to be said for consistency and longevity in a professional sport and being able to do that, for what is he set? He's he'll be 37 when the season starts. It's ridiculous to be yeah, a running like, back at 37 in the NFL. He'll actually be 37 like in years past nine days. He should be as far as like, oh, his birthday's retired. this month. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, um, and as a, as a point of order, he is a thousand and four hundred ish yards behind Walter Payton, which means I think he needs at least two more seasons. So maybe He's we see still. that, and then that's the cutoff. All right, if he we'll passes see. Walter Payton, yeah, that would be crazy. Wow, that yeah, would be, be wild. I mean, it, it would take him like nine extra years to do it, but hey, it's still <laughs> true in the record books. All right, fellas, next piece of news here we have some fifth year options that were declined. They said, No, thank you. These teams did to these players, they said, We do not want you anymore. Maybe we'll see. These, these players have a chance to kind of resurrect their career, so to speak. But former first-round picks having their fifth-year options declined include the Bengals wide receiver John Ross, the Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky, Ooh. Titans wide receiver Corey Davis, and Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette. In a corresponding move, we'll, we'll kind of talk about those two in tandem. The Jags signed Chris Thompson to a one-year deal, of course, the connection with Jay Gruden from their time in Washington. Fellas, any of these that you want to break down in more detail, I am really interested to see what you guys think potentially about the Bears declining Mitch's fifth year. That was the first one that popped to me. And I will say that I think it is the right move, but I think it is intended to be a prove it move. And I expect Trubisky to prove it. I think I'm in the minority on that, but I think that they bring in Foles and they decline his option so that they say to his face, Mitch, you need to step up your game, boy. You need to win us football games and you need to, play the quarterback position at a a decently high level if we are going to sign you after your rookie contract ends. And I think that he has the talent to do it. He just needs to clean up a lot of issues. But I believe that he can. I just think this kind of goes back to, like, the they are who we thought they were line. It's like, Mm. listen, how many times do we have to see the Mitch Trubisky story play out on the football field? He's the same quarterback that he's been. The entire time he's in the NFL, he has not progressed. He hasn't grown at all. He came in, he actually probably had a better, more encouraging rookie season than he did this last year. Well, his second year was a step forward, then he took a step back. Yeah, second second year took took a step forward, uh, mostly because their defense is playing at just an outrageously elite level. So he wasn't asked to do a whole lot. Defense has kind of taken a little bit of a step back in in the last year. Um, He just... He's shown who he is. I don't think that he's anything special. I think that they wasted a ton of capital to move up for a guy that had 
a very small sample size in college and he's not it. He's just not the dude. I agree with you that they're still going to give him a chance because of how much they spent on him. Um, it does sound a lot though. Like it's an open comp going into the off season. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Foles comes out. If he can show good decision-making and accuracy and not turning the ball over every five passes, uh, he could win it. It might not be week one. I think there's a chance that Foles might start week one, but if you, and we've had this conversation before, if you're not starting Trubisky week one, you're telling him you're done. Like it's, we are burying you if we are not starting you week one. So I think that he'll still start week one, but if they're one in three after four weeks and he's got nine interceptions and six touchdowns, like, dude, you're done. We've already declined your option. We have no reason to continue with this experiment. It didn't work. Sorry. Um, have fun being the third string quarterback in new England. Um, that's just (laughs) basically how it's going to go. So yeah, I, I, I think the days of, uh, see Trubiscuit in Chicago are are very short lived. Fair enough. Um, one that I want to touch on real quick, uh, the Bengals and John Ross, there is a crowded wide receiver room in 2020 in Cincinnati. We have AJ green, you have Tyler Boyd, you got John Ross. We have rookie T Higgins in 2021. It is not going to be crowded at all. T Higgins is going to be the dude there. He's going to be starting playing a significant every down role in 2021 with that team. So a bit of a dynasty note there, um, depending on kind of what happens this year, he's going to be the starting wide receiver uh, with Tyler Boyd in 2021. John Ross will not be on the roster at this point. I mean, it'd be, it would shock me. And then AJ green, obviously that relationship has kind of been sour for two years now at this point. So um, quick note there on T Higgins out of Clemson, goes in the, the second round, first pick in the second round to the Bengals. So he is the future in Cincy. Uh, guys, any thoughts on Chris Thompson signing with the Jaguars at all? No. Um, okay. I mean, <laughs> he can he can continue to be a PPR flex bi-week play for sure. Tariq um, Cohen-esque. Yeah, like he, yeah. he's always been kind of Tariq Cohen light, and I think he'll continue to be that. This offense not necessarily much better or worse. Right. Uh, I imagine he will get, you know, 50, 60 catches Probably. somewhere in that range. And that's pretty decent for a PPR flex running back. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's fine. It, it's definitely interesting for Fournette. His dynasty value is very interesting right now. Honestly, one of the toughest, I think, possibly to gauge because there's a very good chance that like no one wants to invest in this guy who's dealt with injuries and off the field issues. And he just bombs after this rookie contract. And there's also a chance that someone signs him to a $10 million contract and puts him in a good offense that fits his skill set, which is not so much even what the Jaguars have done. They just given him a lot of carries, but if he goes somewhere where he's used like Derrick Henry was used last year, he could be a top five running back. So the, the range of outcomes on him in dynasty is insane right now. It's really hard to gauge. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I was going to say too, like at this point, there's been so many rumors that he's not going to be on the roster this year. I would be shocked if he's a Jaguar come week one in 2020. And if Ooh. for some reason he is, Chris Thompson is a huge deal for Leonard Fournette in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Last year, we saw Leonard Fournette get a hundred targets at the running back position. Uh, the fourth most in the league behind only CMC, Eckler, Cohen, um, he's the fourth. So 
I mean, if Chris Thompson's there, that's huge for for Leonard Fournette's fantasy value. Guys, I don't know, man. I'm I'm out on Leonard Fournette this year in fantasy and redraft specifically. If those two are, are playing in tandem in the backfield, would you sell him yeah. for a mid second? Yes, especially in this class. Late second, super flex. I would consider it single quarterback. Ooh. Probably not. Wow, that is what a fall from grace. I, know. I mean, if you're telling but me I, I can I, get, I don't hate it though. Listen, I mean, like <laughs> T. Higgins, we just talked about. Yeah. I'll take him over Leonard Fournette. I'll take Michael Pittman over Leonard Fournette. I'll take Brandon Ayuk over Leonard Fournette. I mean, I would take any of those dudes. And they've been falling early, second, mid-second in some leagues. So I'm about it. I'm all about it, man. Oh, wow. That's a big <laughs> fall. But, I mean, I kind of get it. I mean, they are very disenfranchised with Fournette there in Jacksonville. Um, and he's very disenfranchised with them, as is every player that has ever played for the Jaguars. That front office – yeah. Pisses off their players more than anybody else that we've seen recently. Um, I think that he's the biggest candidate for a change of scenery bounce back a la Kenyon Drake. Like mm. Kenyon Drake was way down everyone's uh, boards, basically off the radar when he was down there in Miami, goes to Arizona. I'm going to talk about him here in a little bit. And oh, um, spoiler. nice transition, John. Spoiler. I know. But I mean, if if Leonard Fournette goes to an organization where he gets a breath of fresh air, gets a second start, gets a chance to play with a team that's going to use the skills well, maybe one that's competing kind of gives the competitive juices back a little bit, you know, he could very well be a big bounce back candidate. Like what Okada was saying. I don't know that I'd take a, a mid second form bets. I, I think the name value alone, I, I think that I would need like man 2.02 or earlier probably mm. like I wouldn't go any later than that. I don't think because right there I can try to get a Keyshawn Vaughn maybe if he's available. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's about as, as late as I'd want to go. That's kind yeah, of, that's kind tough. of the feeling I might have. Um, there's a, there's a realistic scenario too, where though, where the bottom falls out and you don't get anything for him next no, year. Like he's, 100%. he's the bots of Freeman at this point of the, yep. of the 2021 off season. Like that's a realistic sure. possibility. So that's um, not where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm just cutting ties at this point. Really quick before we move on. Corey Davis, AJ Brown. Yeah. How much does this give you confidence in AJ Brown's future as a wide receiver one? Because for me, it means a little something. Oh, I don't need any more confidence, Okada. You know that. <laughs> true, <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I guess the answer I'm, then is uh, is for John. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right there as well. I love me some AJ Brown. I actually managed to pry him from uh, Betts' cold dead hands, but it did take uh, throwing in one Mr. Christian McCaffrey in that deal. Um, let's not say throwing in Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I was going to say. was the focal <laughs> point of the deal that I ended up getting A.J. Brown in a package back for. Let's rephrase that. Um, uh, yeah, I love him. He's He and DK, DK Metcalf for me are both uh, wide receivers that I'm very, very high on that showed great athleticism, good physicality, teammates in college. Um, very good route runners. Metcalf is much better than most people give him credit for. AJ Brown's very good, very physical at the catch, very physical after the catch, uh, wins contested catches. I think that he's got good touchdown upside, good utilization in the red zone. Like he checks a lot of boxes. I'm a little concerned about the team usage, but I think with them basically saying, we're going to cut a little mm -hmm. bit of the target share away from around you. Um, that makes me really excited for his potential outlook of, of getting, you know, a very sustainable target share and his ability after the catch last year. Oh my goodness. 
Like he's a running back when he gets incredible. the ball. Yeah, he's so good in the open field. Um, I love it. I love AJ Brown. I'm I'm very excited. And Corey Davis, by the way, showed some real flashes this last year. Um, I really think that he's got a chance if he goes somewhere that's going to use him in the slot. He's so good in the slot. Please put him as a big body slot receiver somewhere and let him go to town. Um, I think that he's someone to keep an eye on. Perfect, John, because that's exactly what uh, Teron was saying when I talked with him on the Mm -hmm. interview podcast. Um, Listeners, if you missed it. And who's Teron? Teron Davenport is the ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Titans. Five to eight-ish episodes ago, I can't remember off the top of my head, but listeners, go back, check it out. And he was saying, he's like, I honestly think Corey Davis is a better receiver as far as skills than A.J. Brown. He just lost all confidence. And, and he said, I don't think they pick up the fifth-year option. Of course, that just happened. He mm-hmm. said he's not going to be on the roster in 2021. He said his best-case scenario, John, you just said it, is to land somewhere else to be a big slot receiver. So uh, that's a great call. And if that happens, he is a buy low in Dynasty at this point in his career. What would you guys be willing to pay for, for Corey Davis? Are you just out completely or like wh- are you going to get him yeah. like what's what's your thought process i'd give a late second mm. for him maybe i was gonna say it had to be like a <laughs> last two picks of the second or an early third for me i think i was never a huge Corey davis fan in the first place um when he was like the clear 101 of that class i was eh. um so i'm still a little eh. i do i will <laughs> say and i feel like i say this a lot but he feels like a patriot kind of so the just like every running back feels like pets. a Seahawk. I don't yeah. I don't know what else. Sure. Is that because he put it put it up against them in the in the playoffs Okada when he caught that? He pass did. Pass? He did yeah, do that. He did. And Bill Belichick remembers those things. He's like, I remember that one guy who did that one thing to us one time. I'm gonna get him on my team. <laughs> I'm sure in, in that exact same voice as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested in seeing what the price tag is on him. I think you can get him for a third at this point. I, I mean, there's so. a lot of people that took him like, yeah, 1.01 that year. 1.02 in rookie drafts, and they're just fed up at this point because he hasn't done anything. So I would see, I would see if you can get him for a third. And if so, I would definitely make that move. All right, fellas, should we get into the dynasty by lows? Lego. We have got some interesting names on this list. And I'm going to pull back the curtain here for the listeners, for the watchers. Uh, that's not the right word, viewers on YouTube. Uh, I made the show not last <laughs> I gave us all a nickname Okada is Mustache Man. Yes. John's name is just Beard. And Beard. then because I cannot grow facial hair to save my life, uh, mine is still hitting puberty. So, you know, self-deprecation fits you really well, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much. That. Appreciate that. That was lovely. Uh, yeah. With that being said, let's kick it off with Mustache Man Okada. Who mm. is your first buy low in Dynasty? All right. I am going with a quarterback who has had an interesting career, lots of ups and downs. Kind of has gone, I feel like, disrespected for the last few years. And some of it was his play. He kind of took a step back for a few years, I would say, uh, specifically two years ago. But last year, he was on a vicious tear before suffering an injury, which has now dropped his value even more, meaning you can get him for a very, very nice price. And this quarterback is named Matthew Stafford of the Detroit Lions. Listen, let me let me give you guys some projected numbers here, all right? You know, projections can get a little quirky. You know, you don't want to get too over the top with them, but this was an eight-game sample size, half the season. You take his eight games that he did play, and I believe bets that he played some of them hurt as well before he actually got shut down. Yeah, he was on the injury report for at least like two of those games. Multiply by two, so that gives you 16 games, 5,000 yards, 
and Ooh, 38 boy. touchdowns with only Ooh, 10 picks. That is very good. <laughs> um, he was absolutely balling last year. And uh, listen, a lot of it has to do with the fact that he has one of the sneaky better wide receiver duos in the league mm-hmm. with Kenny Galladay's ascension and Marvin Jones, still a very, very talented underrated player who fits what Stafford does really well, which is throw the deep ball. Marvin Jones is very good at coming down with those balls and he's good in the red zone too. So He's got a couple guys that can give him 38 touchdown upside, which makes me believe in that number that he posted last year in eight games. He's always been a guy who has had 5,000 yard upside. Granted, a lot of it seemed to disappear when he lost Calvin Johnson. But now that, you know, he's got Galladay back, or Galladay and Jones, and Galladay's becoming what he's becoming, which is basically a wide receiver one, he has that kind of upside again. And he's got plenty of contract left and not. As old as you might guess. I mean, if you had asked me, how old is Matthew Stafford? I think I probably would have gone with like 34, 35. He's only 32. He turned 32 in February. So he has got, yeah, he's got five years of prime left. Four or five years at least. (laughs) And he's going after guys like Sam Darnold, which... Criminal. Sam Sam Darnold's very, very young. That's cool. But in Dynasty, I'm not playing for 10 years from now. I'm playing at most for four to five years from now. And I think Stafford's going to can be good, good for that long. And I think he'll be better than Darnold for that long. He has been better. And Darnold shows, you know, small, small bits of promise, but not like what we can see and have seen from Stafford, including last year. He's going behind Jimmy Garoppolo, who, while he is a winner, is not a fantasy stud by any means. I'd, I'd rather have Stafford than Garoppolo any day of the week. Currently is going behind Jameis Winston by the ADP that we look at. I imagine that will change. Yeah. But I don't know how far Winston will necessarily fall because it's only a one-year deal, and I think people are still trying to stash him, expecting him to be a starter one day. Still, I think Stafford will probably be above him in ADP. But he's QB 18. For me, in Dynasty, he's definitely more in that 13-14 range at the worst and can be even better than that because if we see him play at the level he played last year, for four or five more years, that's easily top 10. I'm in, man. I love it. If you remember, Okada, you and I did a dynasty buys and sells right after the season. Immediate kind of reaction to, to what had just happened with Nate Hamilton, good friend of the show. And you guys made fun of me because I brought Matthew Stafford to the table, which <laughs> oh. was like the lamest like, dynasty buy ever. But everything that you just said, I agree 100% with, man. He was balling last year. And I think we just need to speak to the injury because I think that's why he's falling. Mm-hmm. That and people see 31, 32, and they're like, oh, he's done. At the quarterback position, that is like equivalent of like 25 as a wide receiver. There is time left for Stafford. The back is not really a concern for me whatsoever. Um, obviously dealt with the fractures last year. In season, it just takes time to heal. You have to shut the player down. They can't come back in season. And so now with 10 to 11 months to heal, that is well beyond healing time frame for Bone. He's going to be 100% fine for this season. So I am in on Matthew Stafford, especially at quarterback. What did you say? 18 yep. is the price for him to pay? Ridiculous. If you I'm if in. you throw Winston after him because of the expected change, he'd be 17, sure. but still. I'm in. Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Agreed um, on all <laughs> counts. He was, Word. he was cooking. He's got great weapons. Um, he's healthy. They made that system they changed it around this last year for him all, all of a sudden throwing deep a lot more. His, um, his, uh, his air yards, his yards, 
she's pretending yeah yeah um was way up from the year before i think it jumped by like two and a half yards something like that if i remember right um i love it i i think that he's a screaming buy if you can get him as your second quarterback in a super flex mm. league i mean Gee, many Christmas, that's juicy. Yummy. Those numbers, even if you tamper them down a little bit, I mean, I have no problem ranking him at like quarterback eight to 10. I, I have no problem with that. If you tell me that he's in that range, I'm not going to fight you on it at all. So that is a great value. Love it. All right, Mr. Beard, uh, back to you. Who is your first Philo and Dynasty? Yeah, um, nothing says a buy like a five foot 11, 178 pound, 30 year old wide receiver. Uh, but that's what I'm doing. I love me some John Brown a lot. Um, all he's done over his entire career is average 14.9 yards per reception. And in 2019 had 14.7 yards per reception. He just had more receptions. So he goes to Buffalo where he goes with, um, Josh Allen, who loves to just throw it up, huck it deep, let wide receivers go try to get under it. And John Brown fit them beautifully. He was someone that I was taking all over the place last year, ridiculously late, like 12th round late. It was it was so easy to acquire John Brown absolutely everywhere. Um, and he paid huge dividends. He was like a weekly wide receiver two flex play. He had 1,060 yards and six touchdowns last year. Um, all that they've done this offseason in Buffalo is go put Stephon Diggs on the opposite side, who will now be the team's wide receiver one and take the best coverage in the AFC East away from John Brown. I think that John Brown is going to get more receptions, and he had 72 of them last year. I think that he's going to be in the closer to 80 to 85 range in terms of receptions this year um, and give him six to eight touchdowns and 1,000 to 1,100 yards again. I love it. I think that he is so easy to acquire and will give you such great production and no, it's not sexy and no, he's not going to be on your team in five years, but right now in startups, his ADP, he's going currently at the 8.08 as the wide receiver. What did I write down? Is wide receiver 41? Woo! Wide wow, receiver wow, wow. 41 off the board for someone that just put up a thousand yards and six touchdowns. I, I don't understand why people just keep falling asleep at the wheel when it comes to John Brown. This dude is a solid flex play every single week with wide receiver two. Some weeks he'll give you wide receiver one numbers. There was a couple weeks last year where he had multiple touchdown games, like against yep. Dallas. I think he had like two receiving touchdowns and a passing touchdown, I think on, uh, on Thanksgiving. He had a ridiculous stat line. It was it was crazy. Um, he's a great option for your roster for the next year or two. And for someone that you can acquire that cheap, yeah, go get him. You'll love having him on your team. I think that he's going to do wonders opposite of Stephon Diggs. Um, I'm all for it. He's just a, a great asset to have for a weekly wide receiver two or flex play. Yeah, I think that's a great call. I, I think everyone's nervous, so to speak, about – what happens with John Brown when Stefan Diggs is the perceived wide receiver one there. And I mean, wide receiver one from a target share perspective, which I think yeah. he still will be. I'm in that camp, but I'm not in the mm -hmm. camp that John Brown gets affected that much to wide receiver 41. That is absolutely absurd. I mean, do I see a little bit of a step back with John Brown this year? Yeah, probably. But is he going to finish inside the top 30 wide receivers? Yeah, probably. <laughs> and at yeah. Wide receiver 41 prices. 
I am definitely willing to acquire him as like my wide receiver four on the roster is perfect. Yeah, it's him when you need to flex him when you need to. Yeah, that's a great call, John. I like that a lot. Okada, any thoughts on John Brown and the Bills? Um, I was just looking at the at the names ahead of him really quick to see how undervalued I would find him to really be. Like Edelman is ahead of him. I clearly take John Brown over Edelman. McCole Will Hardman. Fuller, yeah, McCole Hardman. I would probably take. Uh, yeah, I'd probably take John Brown over him. Will Fuller's ahead of him. I'd take John Brown over Will Fuller. Nikhil Harry is interesting. I think I'd probably still take Nikhil Harry because I have hopes for him. But I would probably get him at least five spots up. I don't know if he's like, oh, he should be wide receiver 25. But I do think that he's undervalued and you could probably get him for a deal and get good production out of him for a few more years. So I like it. Yep. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. I'm going to make a quick note on buying <laughs> John Brown. Uh, and I'm going to raise your veteran undersized wide receiver, John, with a younger but shorter and smaller Running back, five foot six, a whopping one hundred and eighty-one pounds. Huh, I'm goodness. talking about the running back thirteen in PPR just two seasons ago, Mister Tariq Cohen. Guys, do you want to own Tariq Cohen in Dynasty? Don't answer this, guys, because you're smarter than I feel like other people. <laughs> no. The answer is no. No one wants to roster Tariq Cohen. He does not have any value at this point in time. He is going absurdly late. The running back sixty. In full point PPR leagues. What? And listen, this is a disclaimer. I do not want to own Tree Cohen in standard leagues at all. I do not want to own him in half PPR even. Well, I shouldn't say that. If the if the price is right, I will I would acquire him. But in a full PPR league, if he is going as a running back 60, 60, that is absolutely absurd. This dude caught 71 footballs in 2018. Then last year he caught 79. Third most targets in the entire NFL at the running back position. He finishes the running back 13 and the running back 29 last year. Now, is that going to blow your socks off? No, it's not. Is it going to win you your week? No, it's not. But in Dynasty, you have to have depth on your roster to win a championship. You have to have running back threes, running back fours for bye weeks, uh, for injuries, so to speak, anything like that, flex play. Tariq Cohen is going to be a guy that you can plug in your lineup, and he's not going to give you a goose. He's going to give you... Five to six catches, uh, a nice chunky yardage, and maybe a touchdown. And you could do way worse on your roster than that. And to acquire him at running back 60 prices in PPR leagues, to me, is absolutely obscene. Guys, listen to these names on this list. From 2018 to 2019, the last two seasons, he has had the 22nd most receptions, not at the running back position, in the NFL. Mm. Here are the names that are behind him. You guys ready? I'm ready. Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley, Adam Thielen, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Austin oh Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Calvin Ridley. Do I need to keep going? No. I mean, come on. Give me Tariq Cohen at like th- late third round rookie pick price or fourth round. I'm in. And before I give it, give it to you guys, the floor, listen to the depth chart for the Bears. Okay. Oh <laughs> Allen Robinson is a stud. Anthony Miller we like at the wide receiver position. And there's a reason I'm talking about wide receivers because Tariq Cohen, especially for fantasy and for real life NFL, is profiles is more of that pass catcher, obviously, than a true running back. But outside of those two names, this is the list. Javon Wims, oh. Daryl Patterson, mm. Ted Ginn Jr., who was 33 years old, Jimmy Graham, who is barely moving out there at 33 years old, rookie Cole Komet. I mean, 
how does Tariq Cohen not catch 80 footballs this season? I don't see that happening at all. And if we're talking about Mitch Trubisky wanted to save his job, what worked two years ago? Dump offs to Tariq Cohen. I'm just saying, running back 60 in dynasty startup pricing is obscene. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I feel like Tariq Cohen is the perfect trade a uh, mid-third, maybe? Early third? And get a piece that I wouldn't call it a championship winning piece per se, but he is a piece that will finish a championship winning roster like you will have some studs you will be feeling great about going to the championship but you just need that reliable flex who can pump in ppr points for you when anything goes wonky in your lineup when your guy gets hurt whatever and Tariq cohen is literally always going to be that and so i feel like he just adds this delicious level of stability that will keep you going support your lineup give you a floor all the way to the championship. I feel like you just did like a live read for like Snickers. <laughs> I am on board. You satisfied? <laughs> yes. I love it. John, any thoughts there? Um, I knew he was unsexy. I didn't know that he was that unsexy. That is ridiculous. Um, again, I mean, you've already hit the point. You need to have depth, especially in PPR, especially at running back. When the season wears on, if you might have an injury, you might have one running back that's hurt, one that's on by, and you need a running back to plug in there. Okay, give me the PPR monster that has a potential to get 10 catches in a game and get you 10 points there plus yardage plus potentially a touchdown. He's a great piece to have on your bench. You're probably not going to start him most weeks, but he's a great depth piece, and that is absurd value that there are 59 running backs currently being drafted ahead of him. These are the type of moves that help you that help you win a championship. That's what I'm Everyone wants these like big blockbuster trades. Like mm-hmm. John and I did a trade with CMC and a bunch of rookie picks and, and AJ Brown. And like those kind of trades are fun. But buy Tariq Cohen for a third round rookie pick and you're gonna be very, yeah. very happy. Uh, for sure. One other product that you might be very happy with is good transition. F- <laughs> Thank you very much. The sponsor of today's show, FFPC, guys. This is a platform to play fantasy football. If you're not familiar with it, FFPC is the home of high stakes fantasy football. And I'm talking, if you want to win money, this is the place to go. They have a couple of events. They have a bunch of dynasty leagues. They have a bunch of best ball leagues. They also have their main event, which is in season. The grand prize is $500,000. More. I think that's more than the three of us make combined in a year. Uh, you that. You yes. think? As I, if I, you I, doubt. I <laughs> well, keep in mind, he is a doctor, John. So. Oh, well, true. Really. Well, doctor knows Nick over there. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, this platform is doctor. awesome. And it's a good place to go. If you're serious about fantasy football, this is the platform for you. They have leagues starting at $77, going all the way up to $250 entry dynasty formats best ball formats there's some sickos that are still drafting right now for the 2020 season for redraft it is awesome the platform is a ton of fun to play on and you're going to get good competition when you do it and a good place to win some money so check them out we have a custom link for you guys to go to it's redshirtsfantasyfootball.com slash ffpc again redshirtsfantasyfootball.com slash ffpc all righty fellas round two of our dynasty bias okada let's kick it back to you who's your second player 
Uh, well, I don't remember who put their bear on this stock first, bets, but I'm going with another bear, which is just so riveting. Bears, mm, bears. pass catchers. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though. This guy that I'm going to talk about is a 25 years old, which actually is surprisingly old for his age or for his experience in the league, but still entering his prime. And he had a very interesting season last year that I think is perfect for capitalizing on when it comes to a buy low. I'm talking about Anthony Miller. I'm talking about third year wide receiver. He's the uh, same age as Amari Cooper. Just saying he is the same age as Amari Cooper. Uh, second wow. round pick. 51st overall. I don't know if people remember that. He was a high investment for this team back in 2018. Last year, he started off the year bets. He had a shoulder injury in the offseason. Is that correct? Uh, he had a shoulder, well, two shoulder injuries. He had a shoulder surgery, I think, even. Yes. He dislocated yeah. his shoulder twice in the season, had uh, surgery to repair the labrum in his shoulder right after the season ended. Yeah. And I think he had one before from the previous season as well. It, it was, there was college, ongoing yeah. shoulder problems. Yes. So he started off the year quite poorly and did not really show up. We're talking about 2019 right now. But this is what he did over the last seven games. Okay. 438 yards on 35 catches with two touchdowns, his only two touchdowns of the year. But if you project those numbers to a full season, that's 1,001 yards and five touchdowns. This is in his second year with... uh, just crap quarterback quarterback play from Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky coming off of a really bad shoulder injury, which he had to get surgery for again, as Betts just said. So we're talking about a, a, a receiver going into his third year. That's always nice. We're talking about a receiver who finished very productive at the end of last season. We're talking about a receiver who may get a quarterback upgrade, either from Trubisky just playing better because of what we talked about earlier in the news section, or by Foles beating Trubisky out for the job because he's playing better. Either way, I think it's more likely that Miller gets better quarterback play moving forward than not. And they also released Taylor Gabriel this offseason, which means that's extra targets to go his way. Uh, it is Allen Robinson, and it is him at the top. Beth just mentioned it. And then you've got Tariq Cohen as well, and hopefully Cole Komet comes into something because I like him as a tight end. But from the receiver position... Anthony Miller has every chance to be the 1B to Allen Robinson's 1A, in my opinion, and to surpass Allen Robinson in the near future, if not just replace him, because Robinson may be gone himself in a couple years. So I, I I think you can get, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I think you can get Anthony Miller for a late second. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds about right. Mid-second is kind of the first thing that came to my mind, depending on the owner. So mid-second to late second, I think is fair. I consider him in the early second range. I consider him with with the other receivers going in that range, like um, a T. Higgins, like you mentioned. Uh, who else might be in that Brandon range? Brandon Ayuk, uh, Michael, Michael Pittman. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk maybe a little bit above. I love Brandon Ayuk. You got to remember that we are higher on Ayuk than anyone else. That's true. every rookie that's draft. Very in, he's available at like two hundred one, two hundred two, two hundred three. Yeah, like no one else is is on him quite as much as you are specifically. Which is fair. Uh, but in any case, I would pay a high to certainly mid-round second, where I think his price is a little lower than that, and expect that to be a steal within a year or two. In case you were curious where he is, 10th round, wide receiver 52. 11 spots behind John Brown, which we just said was a horrific cost for John Brown. This is a guy who's five years younger and has all the talent, if not more, 
Are you kidding me? Anthony Miller is going <laughs> two spots behind James Washington, one spot behind Robbie Anderson, seven oh, spots behind Sammy Watkins, who knew who knows what's left with his career. This is a guy who can be a wide receiver two for many, many years to come and potentially has the ability, I think, to be a right wide receiver one if things go right for him and if the what quarterback is- play increases. So yes, please. Gimme, gimme, gimme more, as Brittany would say. Uh all the Anthony Miller. <laughs> Oh God! I cannot believe that reference was just made. hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> oh, good God! Speaking of Britney Spears, did you see the video that she posted that went viral of her talking about getting back into shape, and she burnt down her gym by accident last year? I did not, but that's it is great. like the epitome of Britney Spears' classic. Oh my God! But to speak to Anthony Miller, I love him as a player. It's been a disappointing start to his career, mostly because of injury, and I want to talk about that real quick because. The the injury he had with the dislocation, essentially what they do is in season, they don't get surgery. You you basically put a harness on the shoulder. You try to create stability that was since compromised by an external device. So the, 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 the brace is basically meant to limit your overhead mobility. And if you're watching on YouTube, reaching overhead or rotating backwards, two things that you need to do in the NFL to catch footballs, especially wow. for Mitch Trubisky, go up overhead <laughs> and reach behind you. And as his catch radius improved, we saw his performance improve. I like Anthony Miller a lot. I liked him a lot coming out of Memphis um, a couple of years ago. So at what would you say? Wide receiver 51? 52. 52. 52. What? Um, yeah, man. I- I'm in. I like it. Great, great. All right. Let's go over to John for the second uh, by low. He has got a running back for us. John, what do you got? I do. Uh, and I'm sorry, my headphones just decided to die. So that's lovely. Class. Uh, sorry, Okada, who's going to be mixing the audio later. Oh, um, <laughs> make a timestamp on this. That's that's unfortunate. Uh, yeah, right around the 45 minute mark. So play play with that. Sorry, bud. Um, if I told you that there was a running back um, who was going to be like the workhorse back in his offense, and over a six-game sample size last season, his stats would extrapolate to 1,328 rushing yards. Oh, my. 18 rushing touchdowns. Excuse me? 18 rushing touchdowns. Uh, three, 300, <laughs> like basically right on 300 receiving yards, 48 receptions. Um at 16.3 carries per game. That sounds an awful lot like a running back one uh, in fantasy football. Um, That is a running back that is still only 26 years old that a lot of people had for dead last season. And that is Kenyon Drake, who is now the unquestioned dude in Arizona after they sent David Johnson and his bloated contract packing. Um, He's walking into a ridiculously explosive offense that's going to take step forwards with second-year Kyler Murray, just got DeAndre Hopkins. Um, They did a little work on the offensive line uh, via the draft and free agency, I believe. Um, He's walking into a fantastic situation, and when he was given the job down the stretch last year, weeks 9 through 14, he balled out. He looked incredible. Uh, Great burst. He was getting passing down work. Um, he's going to be a three down back. They still do have Chase Edmonds there, who's 
going to be involved a little bit. And they drafted um, Eno Benjamin, hometown boy from Arizona State University, who is a I don't he's not a threat. He might get a few receptions here and there, and that's about it. But Kenyon Drake, if he, 16 carries a game is what he averaged um, over that six game stretch. I have absolutely no problem believing that he's going to get that again this coming season. So you give him that with an improved offensive line and improved passing options on the outside that defenses are going to have to account for. And the defenses are also going to have to account for a rushing quarterback in Kyler Murray. They're not just going to be able to key in on Kenyon Drake because they have to watch for a bootleg of Murray scrambling out the back and taking it 30 yards. He's in a fantastic situation to produce. They believe in him. They're giving him the job. Um, he's currently my dynasty running back 12 in my rankings. And I think that he will absolutely be a top 12 running back in 2020. I I think that I I don't see how he's not based on what he did down the stretch last year and the opportunity that he's going to get in this offense. I think he'll be a top 12 running back. The Cardinals running back position as a group running back three in fantasy, the third most fantasy points to the running back position went to Arizona. And if you're telling me Kenyon Drake gets 70% of that. Yeah. Yep. That's a running back one. Do you think get all those stats that it extrapolated out to? No, maybe not. I think he's probably going to come in less than that. But if you tell me that he's got 1,200 rushing yards, 200 receiving yards, and 14 combined touchdowns on the season, I don't have any problem believing that. I think that that's entirely doable. And that is a great year. Um, at the running back position for your fantasy team. And this is someone that currently ADP, and by the way, all of these ADPs that we are using are off of fantasyfootballcalculator.com, hashtag not a sponsor. Um, and all average ADPs for the last month. So from April 5th, which free agency was before that. So these are all ADPs yes, for after free agency. So this does include the DeAndre Hopkins move to Arizona. So over the last month, he's currently being drafted um, as the running back. What did I have? What did I say? 22? I lost my note. 26. 26. He's currently being drafted as the running back 26 right now at the 610. Okay. People being drafted in front of him. Darius Geis, Sony Michelle, Chris Carson, Marlon Mack, who just got replaced. That'll be going down with the Jonathan Taylor drafting. Um, Mark Ingram, Devin Singletary, Carrion Johnson, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, David Montgomery. Um, Everyone that was just listed, I want him before them. Every single one of them. So this is someone that you might be able to get as your running back to. um, Well, you should be able to get him as your running back to if you go really like all running back early, you might be able to get him as your running back three, but you could get a solid top tier running back one, like air quotes, top tier running back one, like an Alvin Kamara, get yourself a stud wide receiver and potentially come back and get Kenyon Drake as your running back two, and finish the season with two top 12 running backs in, in fantasy football. Okay. Now I must ask this question because it feels like the most important question. If you're drafting him, or if you're ranking him at RB12, do you believe, I assume you must, that he is getting re-signed at some point, either by this team or by someone else for a similar role? 
Oh yeah. I think that he's going to come out this year. He's going to ball out and he's going to earn a nice contract, whether it's Arizona or it's someone else that's going to give him the job. People loved him when he was in Miami. He was just stuck in Miami with Adam Gase who did not know how to use him and decided let's give Kalen Ballers a chance. Um, I think that he's going to come out. He's going to show out. He's going to earn a contract. Um, he's not, I don't think going to get like top tier running back money. But he'll get paid. I think that he'll get a good like two or three year contract after this season from someone, whether it's Arizona that decides, yeah, we found our dude. He's still young enough and and we think that we can keep him around for a couple years at a reasonable cost. Um, I, I mean, his franchise tag that he just signed, his exclusive tag, paid him what, like six and a half a year? I think it yeah, was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. So you give him a little bit of a raise, you give him eight a year for two years or three years. I think that he'll absolutely earn that contract and get it. And I think that he might stick in Arizona. I think so too. I think he's, he's set up to be their back and I think they plan for that. I think it, it says a lot, not taking a running back early in the draft. Yeah. You know, Benjamin, I'm sorry, is not he good. Was <laughs> he was just a late round depth piece that they decided to take. Right. And the trade of David Johnson, which was brilliant, opens up a lot of money. Now, DeAndre Hopkins wants money, of course. He wants the extension. He deserves it. But there's going to be enough to go around with Kenyon Drake on Kyler's rookie deal. They'll pick up his fifth-year option. So, yeah, I think he's there for at least two years, maybe three. So I do agree that that is a good long-term outlook. And like we've said multiple times, we play Dynasty in that lens. So if you're telling me he's the dude in that offense, yep, sign me up. And I think one offense that that can potentially rival to be like a top five scoring offense in 2020, like the amount of points that they're going to put up, um, the amount of touchdown opportunities that they're going to have, the way that they're going to want to spread it around and get down into the red zone frequently, which really benefits fantasy running backs having red zone opportunities. I think that he's going to get a ton of them. Um, and, and I think that he's just set up incredibly well. And they like to pass in the red zone to the running back as well. They've done that with David Johnson for years. And they did it last year to him as well. So I, I, I like it. All right, fellas, we're going we're gonna to finish the show the way we started the show. That is what the quarterback that you should trade for in Dynasty. We are talking Baker Mayfield, the rookie passing touchdown record holder in uh, last season, two years ago, former number one overall pick. The Browns were atrocious last year. We were all way too high on them. We got so excited. And what do they do? like they always do, disappoint us. <laughs> but you know what? Freddie Kitchens is not a head coach. He ruined the team. It just was not working. It just was not going well. And the year before that, who was it? Hugh Jackson. Guys, Ew. Baker Mayfield has not had good coaching in his time in the NFL. In comes Kevin Stefanski, former quarterbacks coach in Minnesota, former offensive coordinator in Minnesota. And what do they do in Minnesota, fellas? They lean on the run game. So why am I telling you to buy a quarterback? <laughs> they lean on Dalvin Cook, play after play after play, which worked brilliantly. And then they set up Kirk Cousins for play action passing. And that is where Baker Mayfield excelled last year more than any other quarterback in the entire National Football League. He led the NFL in, in quarterbacks that improved from play action versus not. 10.1% increase in his completion percentage when passing out of play action was the most in the NFL. Kevin Stefanski is going to run a ton of play action with Nick Chubb, a ton of play action with Kareem Hunt. 
And guys, the weapons that are there, Odell Beckham Jr., say what you want about the guy. He's a top-tier talent, if you can say on the field. Jarvis Landry arguably should have made our list extremely undervalued in Dynasty. True. Kareem Hunt, Austin Hooper, Nick Chubb. Guys, Baker Mayfield last year was going as the quarterback four in Dynasty startups around the same time because of the hype. He's going at quarterback 10, so he's not a huge screaming buy, but I'm willing to buy the bounce back on the talent. I'm still in on Baker. I'm in on this Browns offense this season. I don't think the volume is going to be there the way that it will be for a guy like Kyler um, or for like a heavy passing attack that we see from other offenses, but the efficiency is going to be through the roof of Baker this year. Buy him now because next year it is going to be too late. Fellas, your thoughts on Baker? Hmm. I don't like that tie. So here's my tough thing with Baker. All right. Right now, I just checked my rankings. I have him at 12. I have Matthew Stafford, by the way, at 13, which is exactly where I said I would have him. No so big props deal. To me. Uh, <laughs> one slot behind Baker. But Baker's price is at least five spots higher than Stafford's. Probably more like 10. So I, while I believe that Baker is, yes, a little bit undervalued, and while I do expect a big bounce back, I wonder how much expectation for bounce back any of his owners do, are going to have for the same reasons and how hard it's going to be to get him for a discount. Like, I know I can go out and get Matthew Stafford for a discount. I, don't, I feel like it's going to be tough to get Baker for a discount. I, but I 100% agree that he's going to bounce back, so it's hard for me to gauge how low I can buy him. How low can I buy him, Bets? I don't know. That's a great question. I haven't acquired him in any of my leagues so far this offseason. I will still be trying to do so. Um, I feel like if we're talking rookie picks... In the super I flex. mean, the, Yeah, super flex, of course. The top three or four picks are probably locked in at this point. Would you guys take him for the 105? No. Two years in the league, rookie passing <laughs> touchdown record, <laughs> former number one overall pick in this I class. Don't, I don't think that I would be in the top three, right? I mean, I could get Justin Herbert six spots later, probably ish. Do I expect him to be better though? Mm, uh, That's close for me. It is kind of close. I, like, I think I expect Baker to be better, but I don't. I think I expect Justin Herbert at the 111 or 201 maybe to be better than Baker at the 105. So that might be too rich even for me. Right. But, I, but I feel like people might sell him for lower than that. So that's why I'm like, I'm hung up on this. It's tough. Yeah. He's, he's kind of an enigma in Dynasty. I Last year, he was the yeah. hotness. And this year, it's like he's, he's good enough. Like, people want him, but. I think people that own him know how bad it was last year and how that will not happen again. So he's tough. I agree. It, it's tough to value him. I'm going to try to acquire him in my leagues. Um, I encourage listeners to do the same. Okada is kind of on the fence. John, where do you fall on, on Baker? I am kind of on the fence as well. I agree with everything Perfect. that you said. <laughs> Too much for one fence, John. The fence is going to break. We can't both stay here. <laughs> I okay, claim you're Okay, fine. You're right. I can't be on the phone. Um, I'm going to take a stance, and I'm going to say that he's appropriately valued. Um, Ooh, I do not think right. that he's currently undervalued. I think that um, that offense was atrocious, and should it improve? Yes. 
Um, but I think that where he is right now is pretty accurate. Where'd you say he was quarterback? What currently in ADP? Uh, his value is quarterback 10. Yeah. I, I, let me check my rankings. I think that's where I have him. I have him at him as my dynasty running or dynasty quarterback 10. Oh, look at you, John on the ball. Um, I, yeah. So, wow. I, I do think he is appropriately valued. Um, <laughs> immediately enough. That's right where I think that he is. I think that he's a young quarterback that has shown flashes. Um, you know, I, I, we see a lot of quarterbacks come in rookie year. Teams don't know how to scout for them. They don't know how to prepare for them, especially these quarterbacks that come in in the middle of the season. Um, Baker finally got his opportunity and threw a ton of touchdowns, I feel like, in a short window, if I remember correctly. Um I'm not completely sold on Baker Mayfield. I still think that he's intriguing. I think that he's young and he's talented. And if it wasn't for the cast that he has around him, I'd have him a lot lower. But true, he has Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. and Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and like five tight ends now all of a sudden. Um, it's very intriguing. I think that if you have him, you hold him. Um, I think that everyone who has him is holding him, and I don't know if you're going to be able to get him at, at a value. And I will say this, by the way, one last thing to be fair to Betts. I mean, not that he needs any fairness, but to put us <laughs> a point on the side of Betts. Baker Mayfield probably has a better chance of like jumping Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson to be the 102 behind Mahomes among quarterbacks than anyone else in the league, in my opinion. Wow. Yeah. And I, I, is that a wow, really? I don't know if that's a hot take. Like, that is for a, me. He's a first overall pick. We know he has talent, and he has the best cast of any of those guys for sure. Only Mahomes has a better cast. I don't know that I can get him any higher than quarterback six. No, no, no. I'm not saying he should be. I don't have him ranked there. But I'm saying if, of, the, yeah, of the guys in the league who I could see jumping to 102 behind Mahomes, but, but it's Baker. Baker's the guy. It's Baker's the only guy I could see jumping Lamar and, and Kyler and Sean in the near future, and I wouldn't be surprised. For me, that has the best chance to do that. Ooh, that is um, a counterpoint. Counterpoint I, to John. It's Dak that has the best chance to do that. Dak could do that. It's Russell Wilson that could still be No, that. no, 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 no. no out of my face. No, I, Russell is a permanent 105 among quarterbacks. He's yeah, always that in Dynasty. It's not fault. They yeah. just don't let him. He's oh, never going to be the number two quarterback in dynasty from here to the end of his career. Okay, but um, Dak, I will. The, the, that Dak is a strong counter counterpoint. I buy Dak and Baker. I think they're both in that. They have both have that upside. I don't. I I think that Baker's upside for me is around quarterback five. Whew. I don't think that he is the upside to be in the elite echelon of the one. The all right, quarterback one quarterback two. You are definitely I'm, on the other side of the fence. So I'm glad we uh, we pushed you off the fence here. This is very I will nice. Stay here. Very good yeah, range of uh, discussion on Baker. I like it. And you know what? It's it's fun when John is able to put out a Homer Seahawks take with the Seahawks <laughs> flag in the background. Uh, it is beautiful. <laughs> and the hat. Yep. Yeah. Classic. If you're not watching on YouTube, you're doing it wrong. Check us out there. All right, fellas. Fantastic show on this Cinco de Mayo. This will be in your podcast app on Wednesday. Um, if you could please leave a rating and review in your podcast app, we would really appreciate it. John has one final word, and then we will close out the show. My final point is that I'm not a homer because my running back by low was Kenyon Drake in the same division. Ooh. Oh, ah! Take that. Yeah, you're still a homer.
Yeah, okay. right, so definitely here, still Homer. Out of here, <laughs> still a Homer. Check out the website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. Subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. And if you want even more of our voices in your ear hole, patreon.com slash redshirtspod is the place to go. The Slack channel has been popping, ladies and fellas. Lots True. of dynasty trade um, advice questions going on, rookie drafts, all that kind of stuff. It's a great community. Come join it, patreon.com slash richardspod. For Okada, for John, I am Betts. Until next time, we the Red Shirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com.